Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is February 17th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. It's uh, one of my favorite weeks of the year. Why is that? Just so we're clear. It's Riviera. Riviera. Okay, I didn't know if there was like, you know, a new something. I, I never know. It's a new orange species well, is, of citrus sp- is coming out. or I, I never know, but I, you got to clarify sometime. I also know you said it's Wednesday. We're recording this on Tuesday. I, I found out, thanks to the, the fine internet, that it's National Pancake Day, too. So, you know, I was thinking about Carl Pedersen and the Swedish Pancake Club, oh. of five five-time winners. It should be rebranded as as uh, Carl Pedersen Day again. Dumbest thing going. You just pay for these holidays, these fake days. Do you uh, have to pay? You know, Why do you have to was, pay? Why you I don't, don't know. actually I, have to pay? I assume there's some registrar somewhere where you pay fifty bucks. Uh, you know the lobby, the pancake lobby. In this instance, I saw there was an umbrella day last. Uh, I don't know two weeks ago because people were popping us about weatherman and uh, there's all sorts of just days. When did this? It's just a social media creation. It's a scourge, quite honestly. It's just a so stupid thing for it. people to tweet about that have nothing else to say. You know, and get activated. Yeah, like we are. We have nothing else to say. We have plenty to say. I'm kidding. Yeah. That's why we're we're talking about it. But so happy Pancake Day! You got a haircut. You look amazing. You look really. You signed on. I didn't recognize you. First haircut in a while. Looking fresh down there. It's been like eight months, and I I had a clear. You know, I was going in one of two directions. I was embracing the Florida man, um, you know, look. Shaggy. Yeah, I was at I was at a store doing some Valentine's Day shopping, and they happened to have some of those, you know, those Florida teas with, like, tuna fish on the back. And I was looking at them thinking, <laughs> do I lean in or do I get back to a little bit more classic, uh, you know, yeah, uh, professional yep. look and and. I think the wife is happy that I went went the, the direction right. I chose to and and avoided, right. you know, getting those you know one of those uh, fishing shirts and yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm happy you've swung back. To, I'm sure your wife is much more happy. All right, let's get yeah. Full disclosures, you noted again. Recording early on Tuesday. Pay no attention at the top. That's just the gimmick. That's the routine. That's the. Uh, we are not going to deviate from our old uh, introduction. It's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast recorded on Sunday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. And also released on those days now, too. Yeah. Commutes are, you know. It's just time's a flat circle in a yeah. pandemic. It doesn't even matter. The intro is not, though. The intro is non-negotiable. Can we, right. you know, can you, uh, you alluded on our Instagram story that there might need to be an apology in order. From what? What did you? Oh, what did you screw the, up? The speed oh. thing. Oh uh, no! Yeah, he's rising up the rankings, right? They, they, he's not. What is it? Robert Brown. He's, Robert Brown said that I needed to issue an apology. 
because I, I, I can't, as, as we tumbled down the rankings, I, every week I would update people on who he was ranked ahead of him all of a sudden. And now he says that I need to do the same saying who he's passing as he's ascending back up the rankings. He passed who? Uh, Will it, right? That's always been a big one. Passed fellow SB uh, 16, SB 2K16 breaker, uh, Ricky Fowler. I was going to say, which one are we going with? Smiley or not JT? Okay, Ricky Fowler. Jolie D, Happy Thomas Peters. Um, Happy. Okay. Yeah. So it's just something to keep track of. Big Bill. He passed Big Bill. Well, that's that's notable. That's more notable in, than in Ricky. his sights. In his sights are Sunday Streels, Bumblebee <laughs> Sullivan, Andy Sullivan, Lanto, former FedEx Cup number one, Lanto Griffin, the big woo woo. He's he's not in concession field though because he did I, not get in the top fifty. He's got to. Do you think he gets there? I mean, you got to make a pretty significant jump. You have to win this week. I, I guess not. You know, win. He's obviously in. But do, you, what's do they give him a spots? sponsors exemption? Does he even take it? He would have played four straight weeks at this point. They don't do sponsors for WGCs, do they? Maybe. Right. I mean, I they're going to dip below the top fifty, so maybe he can get on the edge. <laughs> um, well, you mentioned Ricky. Does he get in it? He's not in. No, no chance, right? He's got to win, right? I mean, what, what, what would? I mean, golf's weird. You, you know, you got Jim Herman's a perfect example when he misses like fifteen sure. of eighteen cuts and then right. pops up and wins. But I don't think anything in twenty twenty one would suggest that Ricky Fowler is anywhere near winning a golf tournament. You think he gets in the Masters? Who? There's not a lot of time left, so he's missed ten of twenty two cuts. I saw. He's had no top tens in like we're going on Just a calendar drive, year. Another early drive by shooting of Ricky. I mean, does he go play the opposite field? Concession, trying to get in the Masters. Does he go the I think that's Puerto Rico's opposite uh the WGC. Probably not. Do I, you, I I don't think he, you know, is gonna do that. Do you know an I, underrated I, thing? Yeah. What? Puerto Rico's the last chance for players to qualify for the players. What does that say about the players? How do they do that? By what? Getting into the certain FedEx threshold? Or I something think like so. That? Yeah. Okay. okay. But it's the last chance. The field hey. is set after the Puerto Rico Open. This monumental event <laughs> sets the stage for for the players. Uh. Uh. While we're while we're hitting Ricky, I don't want to. Like this wasn't planned. Quick, quick it's in and out take. No, we never have any plans. I honestly think he's just getting he's getting beat down a little bit by everybody. I, I think he needs to become the people's golfer. I think he needs to void every single endorsement contract. Get out. He's got plenty of money. Get rid of his agent. Just get get out of all the commercial breaks. Get out of all the activations. Get out of doing all the the PR stuff, even with the tour. Go work on his game. Maybe not, not Mammoth Dunes or whatever you, your suggestion was for speed. But get out all the commercial interests, all the things that make him a target. And work on, go work on his game, work on his putting. Come back. He has enough money banked. Get, get, just go it alone. Completely unbranded. No agent. He's got plenty of money. And, 
if he starts to come back, he's absolutely the people's call. Everybody is behind him. Everybody is pushing him. It's this backlash is gone of the overexposure. It's just totally gone. He doesn't need the money. Now, this might not be sound financial or career advice or bank account advice, but in terms of his game, just just forget about all this stuff. He's pulled in 8 million different directions with all of it. And, and you know, that's probably not impact. I saw him sh- he's, you know, he shanked one last week at, at Spyglass. He's, putting's horrible. Is doing like extra hours for farmers impacting that? I don't know in the grand scheme of things. But in terms of his own mental, I don't know, relatability, mental, uh, you know, pressure to come back, just get rid of it all. It, and he doesn't need the money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It would be, you know, he could get real creative like Duffner did with his get ups every week. Right. Right. He could, the people would get behind him, they would root for that comeback story. All right. Uh, the only relatable time he's we've had any relatability or sense of humanity with Ricky is when he broke down at the at the Phoenix, right? When he didn't win, his grandpa or yeah. his dad was there, and then he was teared up a little bit. You could tell he's emotional. Twenty fourteen at Valhalla. I'm not saying you need to cry to be relatable or anything, but we just don't know him at all outside this brand automaton at all. So I I, I would love that to join Spieth and sort of the comeback trail. We we want Ricky. We want to root for Ricky. He takes too much shit. Um. All right, schedule for the week. We have the Genesis Open. No, now Invitational. Yeah, that is at Riviera open. Riviera Country Club, par 71, 73, 32 yards, 7300 yards. Designed by George Thomas Jr. and William Bell in 1926. Who gets to call him Billy? A lot of people throw out Billy, trying to be you know fashionable, like people call Bob Jones. Like I, I knew him. When, when does it, when do you call him Billy Bell? Why not Willie? I don't know, but a lot of people go with the Billy Bell as if they're I think that kind he of must in, have, in the architecture must have, community or something. He must have preferred Bill, uh, Billy. You know, there's a guy, William Watson, who designed Olympic Club, Club among other places, who yep. despised Will or Willie. Okay. He had to be William. He had to be William. Okay. So maybe Bill, what, Billy wanted to be Billy. What's when did you decide you were that? sticking with Andy? not andrew i don't even know it was uh probably pretty young i think you have another choice too when you enter the working world right i have a i have a buddy old roommate that that um he was bobby in college and then we met some of his co-workers and they're like oh you're (laughs) you're friends with robert and me and my me and my buddy were like wait wait a sec robert So, so then you know he, we were roommates with him, and good. we we would call him Robert, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it was just so strange because he had Uh-oh. this alter ego. He was Robert in the workplace, <laughs> sure, and Bobby, sure, it, and I think that's you have the opportunity, yeah, for anybody in college, you can reset. You could you've got the opportunity after college. Once you enter that workplace, you can be whatever name you want to be. That's true. That's true. At least at the workplace. All right, but he's William Bell for the archives. Billy for the people who want to sound cool or, or maybe knew him back in the twenties. Um, purse is nine point three million. Defending champ is Adam Scott. Uh, beat uh, two one by two over Matt Kuchar, Sun Kane, and Scott Brown. 
which we all remember well last year. It was a, it was a big win for humanity last year that he he topped those Cooch, guys. Couturing uh, so I, with the exception of Scott Brown, you know, yeah. don't. no, you don't need to lump him <laughs> in. To, 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 I I want Scott Brown to be in every Masters field so we get the Scott Brown uh, grandparents Aiken. or parents house oh, yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. That's I want that to be relevant every Masters. This, He's never one, been. The one right? house hanging on for dear life, you know, turning down every mammoth Augusta National uh, offer that they get, you know. Surrounded probably. by parking on, like, all sides, right? Yeah. Um, probably, probably, like, by the time people go back and see it, it's probably, like, a planted trees all around it, so you can't <laughs> even see the house. Yeah. Notables at Riviera, Adam Scott, the defending champ, Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, JT, Spieth, Bryson, Berger, who just withdrew news, Xander Shoffley, Colin Morikawa, Willie Mack III, Tyler Strafacci, John Augenstein, Andy Ogletree, and this is listed as Brendan with an exclamation point, Todd. Brendan! Todd. I don't know who's writing these up, as we know, Scrivener, you know, Bozone, and all these things. But now the exclamation point, I think, is official confirmation that they're Man on the inside. Brendan Todd, who is a notable. But it's an awesome field. Eight of the top 10. I think I said saw 20 of the top 30 in the world, 30 of the top 50 in the world. Loaded. Uh, While we're on it, we mentioned Willie Mack III. Go read Ryan Lavner's profile, Willie Mack. I... I was scrolling Twitter last yesterday morning. It was one of those like I was just checking in for like a minute, and then I like saw him tweet it, opened it, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be like you know five, ten, ten minute read." Uh, I I didn't know if I should could had the time to commit. I did. It was like I probably would have come back to it later, but well worth your time. Find carve out the ten minutes, five minutes, whatever it takes you to read. Maybe you're a faster reader than I am, but uh, absolutely someone to root for. Willie Mack, Lavner did it up great. Um, someone who. Has I have the skills and talent and should have had a lot more opportunities, but not a big self promoter in the way that some of these exemptions. That's that's sort of a a minor a side theme to the Lavner thing. He's like he just keeps his head down and doesn't do like the story doesn't tell his story to get him to get his name out there more. But is absolutely dominant on the APGA and and a lot of mini tours. So. He wouldn't be a good influencer, which you know he could find us a. a you know fan group here soft landing here we don't mind the people not trying to be out there i'm a big fan of people that aren't self-promoters yeah yeah but anyways fantastic story i think that's golfchannel.com willie mack the third all right tv schedule thursday to friday two to six on golf channel uh one to three on you know and then the usual three to six on cbs on the weekend all right uh highlight of the week or highlight of the year on tour Best, usually. Yeah, it's the best tour event there is. Yeah. We don't need to go into, I mean, this is what, our third year event now of the covering week. Riviera as this podcast? Yeah. yeah. Event of the week? Okay. We don't need to go deep dive into the course. It's one of the, it's not the best. Here, I got, it's one of my three things, just okay. because it has go to be. It. All right? The course. As always, this is the primo spot for 72 holes on the PGA Tour calendar. You know, yes. PGA Tour run event, 72 holes. Like, yep. you know, a lot of people say Pebble. We don't get to see 72 holes out there, so it's not in the conversation. And then you could even have a debate with between Riviera and Pebble. Like, that. that that's the stratosphere that this golf course is in. 
Um, there, there are so many awesome holes out there. And one of the things that I always like to do with great golf courses of Riviera's ilk is the discussion isn't like people always ask, what's the best hole when you're at a great golf course, like a truly great golf course, the better discussion is what's the worst, worst hole. Um, because that's extraordinarily difficult to figure out in, in best hole. You're just splitting hairs and it's really yep. a personal preference. Subjective. You know? yep. So, you know, what is the worst hole at Riviera is the better question. I don't really know the answer. I, I, uh, I've thought about it a little bit, but I, you know, I probably lean towards hole eight or, you know, cause it, it's got some non-original was, features, um, or, with, uh, Foss? yeah, didn't or, Foss get his hands on that <laughs> Yeah. Is that the split fairway? Yeah. Foz, okay. Foz, yeah. Foz overcooked the green a little bit. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Um, and then, uh, you know, t- uh, 12 and 13 could use a little tree work, but that's, uh, those are by, yeah, those are great yeah. holes though. They're yeah. spectacular holes. Cool. So, um, yeah. it's, it's an what do you unbelievable make a one horse. while we're on it. I mean, what, is that like what, a mo? What is there is, to make? What is there? You were going to see social issue. media. Shackelford gets oh, worked yeah. up. I, it's, it I is mean, a little ridiculously no, tight, though. I mean, but it's Riviera, part five. They're trying to, yeah. Riviera is one of the remaining, like, you look down the list of golf courses in America, in the top golf courses in America, and almost all of them have been restored. Riviera is one of the ones that would be the top five restoration candidates in the country um what would they do take out a ton of trees bunkers trees. are not really original like they used to be the so barranca was- the barranca the canyons the, the barranca that runs through the course could just like get a whole facelift it would be absolutely stunning um okay. bunker work green expansion work yeah. uh fairway fairway lines it, it nothing crazy yeah. at all you know yeah. but I would say that it is um it's on the that list of uh you know if they ever did something you know they don't necessarily need to and, no. and that's the tough thing they hold this every every event every year so it makes it hard to do something it, substantial and they and got the olympics coming up and it's a what a, a non equity i mean it's a, it's a owned right uh mr Yamaki? <laughs> yeah <laughs> which gets to the I mean, what was the old story last year? We got to t- like, apparently there's a green, a putting green there that nobody uses except Yamaki and his buddy or something, except this year they open it up, or except for this week they open it up. I, I think that was the story. You know, we've done a lot of Riviera chatter. There's kind of a line of what, what do we talk about originally here? Um, I, w- I guess I would ask, how much do you think work maintenance uh, i don't know touch-ups for this go into the showcase one week a year versus what it exists for the other weeks a year i mean that's hard to tell because it is privately owned and uh you know pebble obviously is is, is in a similar spot in that it's it's a destination it's it's a highly rated course it's it's open to the public but they have a lot of competing interests outside of just the one week showcase of the of the uh of the at&t they also have majors, but Riviera is like, what is their purpose for a lot of work that they do or how they maintain it? Is it to be, you know, showing off for the world this week or is it, you know, catering to a lot of uh, high powered members and, you know, and who pay a lot of money to play there? I don't know. It's a good That's question. always a good question. Yeah. 
It's uh, yeah. I, I mean, Pebble and it are two of the five great yeah. restorations. Left, so <laughs> I, I kind of chuckle. I chuckled um, when they did the uh, flyover of Peter Hay, and they talked about how Tiger's uh, design team replicated the seventh hole. And I'm like, oh, so you replicated a hole that, like, very bad needs a restoration. Extremely, you know. It's just like one of the holes that needs to be restored more so than, you know, any hole in America. And they did a replica of the, the non-restored <laughs> the new, seven. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Other points on Riviera. I would, I would, you know, just so we're not repeating ourselves, go read early fried egg days, right? You had a hole by hole deal. Oh, like if you want to yeah. get in the weeds on the course and start really understanding, you know, there are no bad holes as these guys approach them each day or on the weekend. The fried egg has a hole-by-hole guide that's pretty sweet. Uh, I would go read that, so we're not talking about it nonstop here. I maintain this is still like maybe the only place in golf outside of the Masters that should be like a pilgrimage-type stop where uh, you know, you're a baseball fan. You want to go to Wrigley. You want to go to Fenway or your football. You want to go to wherever, Lambeau or some, you know, a game at Tennessee, Georgia, like I maintain this is absolutely a kind of thing you could do for a weekend when COVID's over, go to LA. What I love about it is you can, you're at so many crossroads or it just feels like you could hop from one green to a fairway to it. It's all in a Canyon. Of course, you know, it, it, there's a lot of crisscrossing or nearby. You can, you can watch multiple holes. Yeah. You can watch multiple holes at one time. You can make a weekend of it in LA and you can go see, uh, I think you kind of educate yourself going and walking this course as a fan, in addition to seeing, obviously, what's almost always going to be a loaded field. So I think it's the only place in golf outside of the Masters, really, that is like that annual place, annual venue that could be like a coliseum that you want to go see. Um, I'm a a little disappointed that you're not showing any love for Cocoa Beach. If you want to make that too, you can make a vacation out of it. An annual vacation. Go see Ricky trying to play his way into the Masters there. Actually, Cocoa Beach is out. It's oh, it is? Grand, Grand Reserve Country Club. A new Uh-oh. venue. I'll have to do some Your chance to go that. see the Make the Pilgrimage to Cocoa Beach appears to be over. Uh, anything else on the course? You wanna, I mean, you had a... No, no. I, I, we, we can talk more about it later in the week um, as, yeah. as, the, as the tournament unfolds. Two other things. So we got that. The course is always one of the three things here. Yep. It's going to be that forever. Yep. It, the stars. I feel like this event is kind of like your like mid to early season college basketball showdown where you get like, you know, two teams that are very clearly title contenders squaring off okay. or, you know, like you get your your Alabama Georgia game in college football early in the season where you're like, Whoa, yeah. you know, this is going to see, this is going to show us who who's for real. Um, and this, we've got nine of the top 10 players in the world here. Uh, only one missing is Terrell Hatton. And it just is kind of a early primer of what's coming up with the, with the majors. And it kind of shows us it's like, it kind of is the first, I feel like it's the first time where you're starting to think, okay, this guy's looking pretty good for Augusta. Um, and obviously, I think a lot plays into it, the golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and just the the field. It's it's a stud field. I think it's I think twelve of the top fifteen are in it. Obviously, Berger, WD knocked one out of there, but mm-hmm. it's just an awesome field. Yeah, start to you get to Riviera, you smell the eucalyptus, and there's just a whiff that the season of championships is nigh. It's like <laughs> when you start to really start to feel that the it's like pitchers and catchers reporting. Riviera is like. Opening day approaches, the season of championships approaches, right? And in real talk, like think about like this event, a regular stop. Next event is dwarf the field's dwarf by this event. What do you which mean? is a WGC. What are you saying? This the, the this field, field or is just better. The, okay. This okay. field is better than next week's WGC. Do we know that? Can you say that or are you just subjective? I'm confident. <laughs> okay. Very confident. All right. Next week's WGC could be spicy. I think there could be some controversy. Uh, setup stuff, uh, course stuff, or field? I think it's going to be very difficult to set the golf course up for four days. Challenging without there or, being or, without there being some some very irate players. Interesting, interesting. And do we think the tour is like I don't know punching back a little bit, or at least they're getting more creative? At least at Pebble, they were you know mixing it up. We'll see what they do. Uh, What's your third thing? Did you get? Did we hit them all? There's two. Last thing. The race for number one. So we got Xander. We got Cantlay. Cantlay's number one. Okay. By a narrow margin over Xander and DJ. And they're all in the field. You mean, you want to talk about mid-season drama in the FedEx Cup? We have it. Oh, get out. Jesus. <laughs> mid-season drama. Nobody cares. Nobody cares who passes who or that they're fight. You think Xander, we're, we're too early here for future groups. We don't know what the tee times are, but you think there's pressure on them? They're playing together, Xander and Kayla or DJ. They're like, well, I, 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 playing to protect the points, maybe. Like if they're not, they, they're not in it for the win, they might try to just look for the number one pole position. Do you think if they made, if they made you have like bonuses, if there was some of the money was allocated to like who's number one in different times of the year and there's money allocated to it, yeah. there would be more interest in the FedEx Cup. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Wasn't that the whole point of the Wyndham? Like they were trying to get more money, but you need well, it more doesn't checkpoints. Exist anymore. I know. I, I don't think that the, I think the whole point of the Wyndham was that, that they needed to figure out a way how to take Wyndham's $10 million. Right. Right. I was watching Daytona 500 the other day because it was rain delayed. It was on late Sunday night. And I don't know how long this has been the case, but they've got these like stages in the race where you get like points, like season points. And it matters for the season long stuff and the playoffs. It's like, so the first 60 laps are a stage one and everybody like pits. And if you win stage one, like it, it builds, you, you get a little extra perks towards the season long stuff. And then there's, cause I was so confused. They were all like racing for the end of the stage. And I was like, what is it already over? I, I thought this was like a couple hundred laps, but I guess they're there. They're, I don't know if that's a new thing or how long that's been the case. I know nothing about NASCAR as you can tell, but it was interesting. It, it, it's similar kind of checkpoints and added incentives in sort of mid season. Like you're talking about. Um. Th- well, they ha- used to have that, right? The West Coast Swing bonus. Yeah, West Coast Swing bonus. I think you know it, it would incentivize all time greats like Bassie Munoz and uh, <laughs> Lanto Griffin to to try a little bit more and end up at you know at the top at different checkpoints. 
DJ is the favorite. Well, he's not number one in the world. Well, he's number one in the world. Just number one in the FedEx Cup, which we call the world rankings here. Uh, I saw he's not number one in this uh, Sagarin ranking. Oh, God. Xander's what happened one. there? Xander's How did that happen? One. I don't know. Uh, he's like a ridiculous. He's like between. We all know how much I love gambling on this gambling content. I should say he's like five to one, six to one. Which I mean, is his track record low. at this golf course is insane. Given how loaded the field is, it's pretty low. I mean, the five to one, six to one. I think mean, Rory's like next at like twelve to one. So um, he's the favorite. Do you think Rory? Do you think Rory wins this week? Sure. No, I don't know. No, probably not. Given that there are one hundred nineteen other players in the field, no. Uh, sponsors exemptions. Do you think he wins? No. Sponsors exemptions are John Augustine, Patrick Harrington, Taehoon Kim, Willie Mack, as we noted, Andy Ogletree, Camilo Vajegas, and Will Zalatoris. <laughs> Top, he's in the field at concession, but playing on his sponsors. Uh, playing in his sponsors. In the field at concession, playing on his sponsors at Riviera. <laughs> Kyle Porter was sending us quotes yesterday, just trying to fan the flames with you, or last week. Of Zalatoris at Pebble during his pre-tournament press conference. I think he said, I could finish second the next 25 weeks in a row and still not make the FedEx Cup playoffs. He could be a Ryder Cup Cup team member and not be in the playoffs. That's what I'm rooting for. That's what I deep down, I deep down want him to make the Ryder Cup, but not the FedEx Cup playoffs. I think it would be the ultimate, the ultimate... So just sitting out for three weeks while the playoffs go on, and then the Ryder Cup picks up. Maybe he'll go of... play the European Tour. That's I don't true. know. That's true. Maybe he goes down and plays the Web Playoffs. That's that'd be so pathetic. He's one of the top six to seven Americans, and then yeah, he's not. Uh, yeah, I could finish second. So he knows he's 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 how ridiculous. I could finish second the next twenty five weeks in a row and still not make the playoffs. But he's on a sponsors this week. Um, anything else you got on the field? Also, Wesley Bryan and Jim Furyk were uh, other uh, members, otherwise not not otherwise exempt uh, sponsors exemptions. Anything else you got on the field? Oh, uh, Angus yeah. Flanagan. Angus the- Flanagan was something that I had a note on. All time, another all time name team. Golf doesn't have a good Ang- Angus, and it needs one. He's from uh, he's from England, right? Is it Scotland? I don't want to, you know, I, I may have just offended an entire country. I think he's from England. Uh, somebody DM'd us. He's a Woking member, I believe. Huh. Uh, but plays in Minnesota, which, you know, that's, you know, Eric Van Royen played there. It's, it's just, you know, I guess you get out of Minnesota during the spring season and all that. But uh, hey, he was an All-American. He's been you a know, he's a great player. Very he notable played player. the 3M last year. Right. Um, right. You know, that I'm looking. I looked up golfers named Angus. I would expect nothing less of you, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> and I found that there was a uh, a player named Angus Baker, ah. like in the 1800s or something. He played three events on the PGA Tour. His best result was a withdrawal from Byron <laughs> Nelson. <laughs> Wait, how is Career- the best at WD? 
I think he meant, they must say that WDs are better than MCs. This is just from his tour profile. He played three events. He made zero cuts. His lowest career round was a, uh, was a seven, 70 in the Byron Nelson Classic. I have higher hopes for Angus Flanagan, given his run in college here. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's always a cool aspect of this uh, event, the collegiate <laughs> showcase down there. Career. Let, let me just see. Best finish, WD. 90, 99, shot 75, and then he withdrew at the, uh, at the Pyron Nelson in 99. He played one in 92. Let's see what that was. Played the Byron Nelson ninety two. Maybe we got a sponsor exemption here. Seventy four, seventy one, and in eighty seven, he also played the Byron Nelson. So he's just a local must Dallas be, uh, guy. Must have been in cahoots with the, Lord Byron. With the organizers down yeah, there. Maybe he's Lord Byron uh, had a relationship. With Angus him. Baker. All right, fantastic. Uh, anything else from uh, Riviera? Um, yeah, I, this is my favorite, one of my favorite riff stats, which I hope keeps going this year. Uh, I, I, every year I'm waiting for it to be broken. The, ha, there hasn't been a winner under the age of 28 since Charles Howell in 2007, who was 27 at the time of his win. So we've got this youth wave on tour, although the likes of Brian Gay, or uh, you know, Stuart Singh, Brian Gay, Stuart Singh, them off. Tommy Dockers yeah. are trying to hold them off. Um, there has it, you know, boy from Bratislava would fall under this yeah. uh, this mix too. They're trying to hold them off, but it's it's kind of an amazing little stat that nobody young has won this event. You know what we would deem young um, in a long, long time, like uh, Howell, and then 2005, uh, Adam Scott won it at. I think he was 24 at the time. Do you have a larger extrapolation from that, or is it just a coincidence? I mean, people could probably make some grand pronouncements and, uh, that aren't I, necessarily supported by... I don't want to get the data boys up my ass. <laughs> I also noticed Frankie Molinari, who's on the comeback trail a little bit, is a member there now. He's relocated officially to L.A. I don't know what happened to him last year. He, stuff he doesn't want to talk about, but he's now playing there. He's like... I. You know, there are some decent players out there, but like, you know, you said there's no... Pro- Daniel Rappaport had a good interview with him, uh, I think is where I read it, in uh, Golf Digest. But uh, it just doesn't sound like... It's like everybody's in Arizona and in the swamp. It's like, it's like I got to find a few games. Ta- tax, reason, tax reasons, sure, Brendan. Sure. Not not of a, not a good good locale for a professional golfer. Southern California is a wonderful yeah, locale for a professional but not well, not financially. At some point, though, like it's just I, I don't know. Everybody does that calculation. I don't know. It wouldn't be bad to be playing Riviera as a home course, I suppose. Um, I, I imagine somebody from Italy would uh, would enjoy that. Yeah, he said there are aspects to it that remind he and his wife both of Italy, uh, L.A. in general. So good, good to pay attention to him this week. Um, all right, should we do a read? BixbyCoffee.com, shotgun start blend. My mom gave Westy Island blend a negative review yesterday. What? I know we, get, we always talk about positive feedback. My mom says she's, I think it's just light roast. She doesn't drink light roast. She's out on Westy Island. I was like, well, this is an attack on a, a, you know, a European tour legend. Uh, but yeah, Westy Island blend 
if you prefer the light roast, is up and available. It's shipping. It's it's ships out a couple days after you order it. It's fresh roasted. As soon as you place the order, they roast it. They ship it. You got it within a week. Um, you don't have to go to the grocery store. If you want the dark roast, the Shotgun Start Blend is not going anywhere. Those are available at BixbyCoffee.com. They're also available on the Fried Egg Pro Shop uh, Direct. You cannot subscribe there. When you subscribe, you get 15% off. Um, you guys have come in and supported the po- uh, the coffee, and we are very appreciative of that. Helps keep this uh, podcast going. Literally, I'm drinking more coffee than I ever have in my entire life. Uh, so we appreciate that. Also, there's merchandise pretty pretty well stocked, right? Fried Egg Pro Shop. We got the sweatshirts back in. My wife is trying to take my shotgun start sweatshirt. Apparently, it's a soft fleece that she likes, and it's really nice. It is quite soft, but those are available. Um, That's like one of my biggest regrets, the things I left behind. Was your, that. your hoodie? Your SGS hoodie? Yeah. It's a bummer. You drive back and get it like you did your clubs. Drive back to Chicago and get your hoodie. Uh, so those are... be incredible. <laughs> Shotgun Start Blend at BixbyCoffee.com and the Shotgun Start Merchandise sponsoring this podcast today. All right. Elsewhere in the schedule for the week, we have the Lecom Suncoast Classic. And also the only other OWGR event is the Gujarat Open Golf Championship 2021 presented by Gujarat Tourism. Uh, appears to be a, an event on the Tata Steel Tour, which is a Gujarat is a region looks like on the coast of the Arabian Sea in India. Everyone in the field is Indian except for one guy from Bangladesh. So he's, you know. Is the battleship in the field? Uh, I didn't check. I assume so. Maybe not, though. So that's it. One other thing with schedule for the week. Yeah. College golf back oh. in action. You got the Prestige. You got Kiowa's got a tournament. You got, you know, all kinds of Mobile, Alabama. There's They're playing a tournament. All kinds of stuff going on. You can't watch any of it live, but you can follow it all on golfstat.com. Yeah, I saw, I think it was Brentley Romine tweeted like this this dashboard of like 10 or 12 mm-hmm. uh, college golf events. Something called the Sea Beggars Invitational. Are you familiar yeah. with the, what Sea Beggar is? I went down a rabbit hole on Sea Beggars. It's apparently the, the nickname of the mascot for. Uh, Something religious college in Southern California. It's like a Calvinist or Dutch type pirate type thing, from what I understand. Sea beggar. It's not the most flattering name. It's not the most menacing name compared to like pirate. You know, you. I, I don't know. I think I would rebrand from being a sea beggar. But Sea Beggar's Invitational is a pretty solid uh, name of a tournament. You just don't want to be a beggar. Right. Right. It's it's kind of it's it's not very menacing as far as pirates or or, or nicknames go. Um, they're playing that event at Angeles National. Have you ever been there? Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I I've always wanted to go see that. I place. played there. Believe it or not, when I was in Southern California. I I think I I think I had to borrow golf balls. I was I was yeah. It looks like you could lose. Taylor made guys were out took me out there trying to get me crooked playing. I don't know McTwisty face or something like that. And I just I like it's just a fairway and then desert and you're just gone. So uh, the Sea Beggars Invitational is is you got to keep it straight on a string. Man, Wake Wake's leading the Kiowa Invitational even without uh, with the younger younger Fitzy. He's not playing? I don't know. Uh, yeah, he's not playing. I wonder oh, why. Interesting. 
All right, getting back to schedule for the week. We mentioned the Lecom Suncoast Classic. So this is the start. We're at February 17th, start of the uh, web tour, now known as the Corn Ferry Tour, known as the web tour here. Um, I'm frustrated that this is not on TV. It's an old bit that we talk about often. But if there's ever been a week, there's literally only one event on television, on Golf Channel this week. It's the Genesis. And... It seems like they're doing a lot less original programming, studio programming. Like they've got golf today, which we love. Shane Bacon, Damon Hack. But like, why not also sprinkle in some uh, web tour action? If you need, you know, what are they going to do? Show run it, uh, show uh, whatever, reruns? I just, I felt like there's no LPGA till next week. There's no Champions Tour with Dumping a Cup, uh, Dumping a Box Classic until next week. There's no European Tour. Just feels like I, I know they can't spin these things up in a week and it's months in advance, but Corn Ferry debut. I know it's a rollover season as well, but it feels like an opportunity to show live golf that people are interested in, especially when Corn Ferry's been away for like three months, four months even. Uh, it just bothers me that, that it's not on TV. So it's not very far from the from Lupland either. Right. It's just across the across the state. Like that's the other thing. It's not like they're playing in in uh columbia gets, you know they're playing in in western florida pga tour you know live people over there they, i know they you know probably operating a loss but get get some folks over there to do a little kft coverage oh i got a little insight uh-huh. anonymous source mm-hmm. i think that pga tour live is is burgeoning i think what? they've got hundreds of thousands of subs who's this source I can't reveal a good source. Hundreds of thousands? I think that they... Allegedly, they were in the 50,000 ballpark shortly after launch. That's not true. What? We have competing sources on this then, I guess. Okay. So what, what, what is... Okay, after launch... I mean, that's like Twitter view. Like, they can juice the numbers. We don't need to get into this on the air. There's no hundreds of thousands, you think, they've grown into? I, just, I don't know. That was two years ago. I can't imagine it's gone down. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I, I thought we heard it was, uh, yeah, like half that maybe or something. I, I don't know. Who okay. knows? You never know who, who counts as a subscriber anymore these days. Everything's just... Smoke and mirrors. Um, one other thought I had on the web tour. You ready for your commercial load this year, uh, this week? On PGA Tour Live? Look, I don't need to rant on anything anymore. But I, So my, my routine right now is I go watch PGA Tour Live at lunch, like on the treadmill. And I'm on the treadmill. Like I need enter- I need distraction. I thought you don't like running. I don't run. I power walk uphill on an incline. Uh, like four and a half, five miles an hour. So, you know, a, a quick pace up uphill. When it's too cold out, if it's not cold, I'll walk. And so I go down there and I put PJ Tour Live on at like noon, that early window. And I need the distraction or else you start checking your, you know, progress and it's mm-hmm. like too slow. And these ads just peppered with ads. So I get, I, that it gets me pissed off. And then I tweet about it last week. Like, what the hell is going on? I just got eight ads in a row. Half of which were for, you know, come play the TPC Network, watch the players, 
come to the World Golf Hall of Fame in, in the first tee, which I love charity. I love kids, you know, run the ads for the first tee. But why am I paying? It's like paying for Pandora, you know, but still getting the ads or paying for Netflix yeah. and still getting commercials every no, five tell, minutes of show, hey, you know? Hey, watch Netflix. Yeah. It's like well, I'm watching Netflix right now. Why, <laughs> why, why do I need to watch Netflix? Yeah. And then the telecast comes on. It's going to tell you that the players in a couple of weeks. So the, the ads, like, right. They're not bought. Like, uh, is there just a requirement that they have to run so many? I, I don't get the World Cup. I never will. But I just, I've, so I'm on the treadmill. I'm getting pissed off. It's like, why can't, we're missing shots too. Sometimes they'll come back and the guy's like in the fairway or he chipped on. You're like, what happened? I just, I understand you you got to have ads to pay for things, but for a subscription service, it just seems, I don't know, counterintuitive or counterproductive. All right. My last thought on the web tour. I was watching uh, a case of the golf one Monday Q this morning's Twitter feed as they were wrapping up the Monday Q for the return of the web tour. There's these two guys out there, two players. I don't know who it was. I'm sorry. I don't have their names. Thorn or something like that. I'm sorry. Trevor Cohn. Trevor Cohn was one, and I, I'm sorry. That reminds me of David Cohn. But the pro, it might be his kid. The pro there was out there diligently, like kind of chronicling this the, this wrap-up of the playoff. And he's like, this is the Monday qualifiers. Two guys in their bags and zero fans. And the first thing that popped into my mind was like, wow, you could really like get away with something out there. And then I thought to myself, well, that's like so shitty. And then I thought to myself, mm-hmm. like, why is my mind jumping to that? Why am I skeptical of people like that? And I thought, like, maybe I'm a bad person. That's my nature. But also, I think it's like the trickle-down effects of these high-profile, uh, you know, disgraceful, like, read stuff. The rulings, right? Like, there are trickle... They make you more skeptical of all the, like, presumably honorable pros. But, like... Think about all the opportunities at these Monday qualifiers at the mini tour level where no one's there to fluff your lie, to take an embedded ball, to just, you know, miss marked. There's no witnesses. And this is, you know, the bedrock of the game of golf. And I just start thinking like, God, there's just so many opportunities to get away from things or to, to, uh, to get away with things. And, uh, and then I scrolled down continued to scroll down to Monday Q's feed. And he goes, Trevor Cohn actually thought he might be embedded. This was after I had these you know, negative thoughts about how easy it would be to get away with stuff. Thought he might be embedded, and he is not. He asked for a ruling before picking up the ball. So, Oh, wow. That's a, that sounds like standard operating this was procedure. Before, Don't pick up the ball. This was before my brain had ever been poisoned, like looked at the scene of the two guys. I was like, wow, you could really... And I don't know. It's just... The tour, I think, doesn't understand the larger implications of these kind of rulings, whether it was the Sandcastle Gate, whether it was the Embedded Ball Gate, um, in terms of the effect it has on the skepticism that you have for overall pros and a lot of these events, and how easy, and maybe even even standards or examples you're setting for guys who might shade outside the lines to get away with stuff at some of these events where careers, reading the Willie Mack profile, right? Like, how different could his career have been if the ball bounced a different way at a Monday or something like that? Yeah. Or I don't know. Anyways, I, I think these really high-profile lax rulings or inconsistent rulings or all the gray areas that we have and the general, I don't know, 
bent towards being incredibly lenient uh, on these rulings have have a real trickle down effect with where it's lower profile and could have dramatic impacts on careers. And I hate that my brain was poisoned and I immediately thought of like skeptical or thought of how much it would, how often you could get away with stuff up there. As, uh, as Ryan at Monday Q's alluded to read Monday qualified quite a few times early in his career. That's how he got his card. I hate this, that you have to be left wondering about so many, how, what could be going on at a lower level, but Hey, one other thing I tweeted about that I wanted to get in before we wrap the show. Yeah. Um, Sung Jay, now second straight week of not being in a field. What the fuck's <laughs> going on? Do I need to be worried? He's in Magic City in Atlanta. I don't know. There's chicken wings. I don't know. What do you, I mean, he's resting up for the season of championships. That's just contrary to everything. He's just. After not having a home for so long, become such a homebody that he may just be like a fifteen a week player now. Fifteen weeks a year, he He's plays. Just playing it. Goes to the Tiger schedule because he just loves being at. at Played in a simulator. Yeah. He put it in his home in Atlanta, some McMansion in Atlanta. He just plays in a simulator every day, and that's that satiates him. I don't know. Are you concerned? You're over under. I think I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose the over under, but I'm more concerned. I, one of the best best players to, most and one of my favorite players to watch on the PGA Tour. Usually reliable every week guy. Just gone for two weeks. It's just it's maybe sad. he hates good course architecture. He hates Riviera and Pebble. He only likes the TPC types. Is this a, is this a kind of? Well, he probably he probably calls TPC Sugarloaf home. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. So this may take him down a peg in your rankings and your lofty sort of admiration for him. All right. I'm just thinking about the golf TV uh, graphic right now while we're talking what? about him. That's all I can think What's of. What's the golf? You know, the one of him waving oh. the, the little <laughs> the, caricature. The drawings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Everyone enjoy your week at Riviera. Honestly, it's like the best. You see him just from the couch waving at us. Sitting on the range at Sugarloaf, waving. Uh, all right. Everyone enjoy your weeks. Enjoy Riviera. We'll be back Friday, Thursday, Junior. We'll have a nice flashback Friday. Such a good, good, good event. Best event of the year. So we will be back to dissect the early round coverage and do a flashback on Friday. Thank you for your continued support. Mm-hmm.